This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it is Rebecca and Tara, and we are here to talk about day three and day four of Canada Reads 2023, because we did experience a minor glitch <laughs> that kind of <laughs> threw us off. And uh, so we are doing that now. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and let Tara kind of kick us off. We don't have a lot to say about day three because, you know, it was a while ago now. And so we've kind of forgotten it. But anyway, we'll go ahead and start with day three. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've removed myself from day three. It's so weird how once the next day happens, and a couple of days pass, I end up removing myself. But uh, my big takeaway from day three, the point that I found really interesting for, for myself was one of the defenders, I believe it was Keegan, revealed that she had chosen her book before the theme was revealed to them. And I thought that was very interesting, very weird. I find that a really weird thing for CBC to do because I think it could automatically put some uh, books at a disadvantage. I think hers and actually Station Eleven were at a, dantage, uh, at a disadvantage with not knowing the theme beforehand. But I, is it just me? I find that weird. Yeah, no, I thought it was weird too, because, you know, a lot of us have even said that the themes are kind of, you know, odd. They're, mm -hmm. they're, kind of in many ways sort of similar because really how many themes can you have yeah. where people are going to find books that you know are appropriate to that theme mm -hmm. so it makes sense though now that they have them do that because sometimes the books don't really match the theme so yeah. and you and you end up thinking to yourself well why did they pick that book for the theme well mm -hmm. now we know <laughs> yeah it's odd very odd yeah. So my day three observation, I wanted to mention, I loved the question about why did you choose your book? And I thought it was fascinating that Matea and Gertie both showed emotion in that moment. And I thought they almost both looked like they got a little, little teary eyed. And I thought, what a really just a beautiful opportunity for us to hear a really personal reason why they selected the book. I mean, yes, we do hear about it in the debate, but they had the light was shining on them. Why did you pick that book? Mm -hmm. Did you pick up on that? How just how beautiful that was? Yeah, again, I think where I listened on the radio to part of the oh. podcast, and I feel like that may have been that part. Yeah, I feel like I missed that nuance to their answer, which is a shame. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I keep forgetting that, you know, a lot of people out there are listening on the radio or they're in their cars or whatever. And that I have the, you know, I'm lucky to be able to be sitting at home uh, watching it. So anyway, it was a really beautiful moment because they both actually, I won't say that a tear was shed, but their eyes looked a little watery. And, and mm -hmm. that, that just touches my heart because there's nothing better than the fact that literature touches us in so many different ways. And to see someone just be so passionate about something they read that just makes my heart really happy so I love yeah. that so okay the other comment and I don't want to get really heavily into this but I know there was a bit of a controversy uh, with Keegan and her emotional state at the end of episode three or day three and 
the fact, I will say this, I do think it was really weird that she initially voted off uh, Station Eleven, Mm -hmm. but then when it was a tiebreaker, she sort of said, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to follow my heart and go with the book I liked least. And then she said Station, or um, Hotline, and then she got really, really emotional. So the only thing I want to say about that, because I don't want to get too deep into it, is our good friend Sarah, she and I were talking and she said, and I'm going to paraphrase Sarah, so sorry about this. I hope I I don't butcher it. But basically, you know, the goal here isn't for the defenders to just make it personal and all about them. And that it really is what book should all of Canada read? So mm-hmm. I took, you know, I, I swear to God, I, I hadn't really considered it to that level. And really, I'm, I am I listen to the competition. They Many of them will talk about how personal it is and why they could or couldn't read a book or why they did or didn't like a book. And it's almost always a personal component to it. But it is true. At the end of the day, the question immediately to her should have been, so should all of Canada read Hotline, you know? Yeah. And then just taking her emotion off the table. Yeah. That's an excellent point that I did not think of. Yeah. Uh, it's a good point, Sarah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciated yeah. that point as well. So, okay. So yeah. that's kind of all we want. Yeah. Cause I, I will, hate to say, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm jumping in here and I'm based on that. It is really odd how she was so stuck on sticking with the theme and how station 11 didn't fit the theme and even on day four that was her thing she was so stuck on this dang theme mm-hmm. but when she was the pressure was put on her fluke the theme went out the window like yeah. when she had to make that that tie-breaking decision the theme didn't even enter into it that's exactly. really interesting yeah it, yeah it was just a a personal and emotional response yeah and you know interestingly you know, with regard to that theme, my question to her would have been, well, then why initially did you vote for Station Eleven to go off? Because I sort of thought, is this sort of payback to Michael, you know, for voting Mm -hmm. against your book? Because why else would you have said Station uh, Station Eleven and then seconds later say, oh, I'm going with my heart and the book I like least? Like, so now I sort of want more explanation behind that. But yeah, uh, we're not going to get that. And that's okay. That's okay too. Let's just yep. let it, let it, let sleeping dogs lie and just exactly. move on from it. Right. Yep. Okay. So how about day four? What did you think of day four? Day four, the day of the debates, because to me, this was a true book debate. Yes. Right. Yes. And I don't know if I'm just like still in this, like this year's Canada reads fog but I don't remember the final day or any day being centered on two debate two defenders so much I agree and I it was just at one point it was like Ali wasn't even there they were doing the job for Ali like going back and forth with the questions and it was beautiful to watch the two of them the first maybe 10 minutes or so yeah just back and forth oh they were they were amazing. It was really good. Yeah. No, I agree. And in fact, I ended up, I think I might've even texted you and said, 
it felt like it was an it felt like it was a lot longer than an hour that episode like yeah. the other episodes kind of flew by all of a sudden I'd say oh it's it's ending now we have to vote and this one was just it was just it was just kind of it just felt magical because it was just two people yeah. going back and forth and i almost didn't need the other three to comment no because i thought to myself you know if you think about it that final episode with the, how beautifully they debated back and forth that gives the three the opportunity to really hear every argument. You don't have to stop and think about what you want to say. You don't have to stop and think about how to answer this question. You get to sit back, absorb all the details of everything, and then vote. Yeah. So I, I actually would have been okay even if they, I mean, I appreciate what they said, but I would have been okay if it was just the three of them listening. Yes, me too. And I loved it that like, and Ali was a, a true moderator that he was there when he was needed or to move mm -hmm. things on to the next one, but nothing was needed to like move them along in their conversation. Like it just kind of happened organically. And it was a really cool moment. I think that's yeah. a perfect way of, just, of saying that, which is, it was very, it felt very organic. It really yeah. did. And I do think you're right. Allie did a super job of just sitting there and letting that flow. Like he he never interrupted it. He let it go. And it was like a master class in mm -hmm. a book discussion. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny too, because, you know, again, last year, I just felt that Mark Tewksbury just took us to another level and it was just such a brilliant debate overall. But this year, it sort of quietly snuck up on me and that final episode was just amazing. Yeah. Okay. So one of the comments, well, one of the trivial things I just want to say is you do, do you realize that this year we didn't have any of the authors saying what gift they would give to the defenders if they won? That's right. And you love that part. Like my favorite part. And when we interviewed, uh, when we interviewed uh, Matea and Keegan, I, we even asked them, you yes. know, what would you like? And it's yeah. like, oh, they didn't even do that. So I just wanted to throw that out there that my yes. heart broke on that. Yes. I didn't realize that. It's yep, weird so. that they dropped that off. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So the first comment I want to make really officially about day four is that overall, Michael's opening and his closing mm -hmm. were so poetic. Yeah. And I thought, this is a man, I don't, I have no idea, I didn't look if he's ever written a book, but this is a man who should write because his words were so beautiful. And it was funny because I was thinking to myself, and again, yes, I read Station Eleven a long time ago and I did not reread it for the competition, but I thought, I think his words are actually more, more beautiful than I thought the book was for me. Mm -hmm. So he, he does command a room and a space and that. But then I kept saying to myself, remember, he's an actor. That's what mm -hmm. he's, that's his expertise in life. And I thought it was amazing. Yeah, me too. The, so aside from the opening, my other favorite part was the end, their last chance to argue for their books, because Mateo just brought their, their game. Like you could tell that Mateo was a debater. I believe mm -hmm. I just said Mateo. Did I pronounce her name or their name incorrectly? I apologize. Let me go back. That Matea brought their debating game. I loved their style when they went from one defender, like went around the table and said, 
Kazneem, you said this so eloquently. Yes. Bam, this fits ducks. Keegan, you said this. Bam, ducks. And I'm like, look at them go. It was phenomenal. It was just, I think I was driving at that time. And I, thank goodness, no one else was in the car with me because they would think I was insane. But I just went, <laughs> boom. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? But I was just, it was just such a moment when they finished. And I'm like, wow. And then, so she, or they hit my brain. Like that was just, I'm like, yes, they just defend it for ducks and they won it. Brain, yeah. I Like my brain could not over. Then Michael spoke and when he was finished and even throughout, I think like my heart just went twang and I'm like, he mm. went for the emotional gut punch. It was phenomenal. So good. Yeah. And I just want to say, I, I did, when I, when we interviewed Matea, I did ask her if she had like what her pronouns are. And she said, she's fine with she, her, or they, them. She prefers they, them. So I am going to use she, her, because I want to make my point and I'm going to butcher it back and forth, which I think I already did. I may have done that already on an earlier podcast, which I apologize. So I'm going to stick with she, her. Yeah. So when she did that, when she went to each one of them, she actually turned to each one and kind of put her finger up, I think, or her hand up. And yeah. she was really like, she made eye contact, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then she even turned to Michael and yeah. said, you know, she did that thing where she's, well, I know you're not going to vote for me anyway, or, you know, whatever. But yeah. she even looked at him and it was, that was a really compelling moment. It was great television or great YouTube mm-hmm. vision or whatever. That part, I loved that. I thought she was just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And let's see. I want to, okay, I want to see what else. Sorry about that, everybody. I've got to go through my notes here. I was going to say, while you're going through your notes. Yeah, go ahead. I also love the way Matea uses their hands. when. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you always hear that you, you're not supposed to. I'm a hand talker. I, my hands go around like crazy. She, you, or they use their hands, but in such a subtle way. Like, I don't know. If it may, maybe no one else has noticed. Or I'm sure someone has. But it's just like their hand is there. Mm-hmm. But it's present. You notice it, but it's not distracting. And sh- the way that they move it is just kind of beautiful. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yep. It's really kind of unusual. In fact, it was funny. My mom, who is a big fan of hers, she even said, um, you know, I told her, I said, oh, you know, she, she won. And my mom was like, oh, that's fabulous. And yeah. then she, my mom actually brought it up. She said, oh, I love her hands. And I'm thinking, <laughs> did she do that on Jeopardy, I guess? Okay. So it's not just me. Yeah, I know. And it's funny because I think it must be on Jeopardy. They, maybe they do show their hand. I don't, I, I know they stand behind that. No lectern thing so I didn't know how but anyway my mom knew about it so I was like well that's cool because she's a huge fan a huge fan of Matea's but yeah Hmm. now I I am going to go to a dark place okay I do have I do have a massive issue okay I want to talk about and I won't pound it into the ground and you know in detail but I just want to say this so on Tuesday Michael made a comment that I talked about where he said people like adults should know better and I immediately went into this mode of people from an economic sense that people, you know, go to the oil sands because they need money and they, or they make that choice, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I said, well, we all are implicit in whatever it is that's happening in the oil sands because we're human and we take part in whatever, 
you know, all extractive services we, we take part of in some manner. Afterwards, again, our good friend Sarah said that some people online, which I had not seen this, said that he was referring to Kate as a woman should have having should have known better. And I thought, no, like, I can't imagine that he meant that, right? I thought mm-hmm. that's just so not something you would expect anybody to purposefully say in a public forum, right? Yeah. So he said it again on the final day. And here, I wrote it down. I went okay. back and listened to it and I wrote okay. it down because I it just really irked me. So he turned to Matea and he said, well, Katie, you know, she leaves after sexual harassment and sexual assault and she goes to Victoria. And then he said, you know, she's there, but then she comes back. And then he says, why? Knowing what she knew, why did she go back to make more money? How does the author build sympathy for a choice that Katie is making now with certain knowledge? Mm. And I went, okay, wait a minute. Okay, now, and that was at the beginning of the show. And I'm not kidding you. I saw red. Like that really made me angry. And then I think Matea gave a great answer. She said basically uh, something about, well, it's like office. You know, sometimes, you know, there's harassment in an office setting, but maybe the person doesn't feel they have a, or they feel that their choices are limited. And I do agree that I'm glad nobody called him out. Nobody did call him out. And I'm glad they didn't because then that would have been the big issue of the day. And I, I'm glad that it, well, let me rephrase that. I'm glad on some level it wasn't called out because I hate to see, I don't like drama and I don't like conflict publicly that way. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I'm really disappointed because I feel like that's what a lot of men say. Why did she do that? She knew what she was getting herself into. And also it's it's like, oh, so she's not allowed to go and make a living. She Once she knows she could be a target, now she just walks away while the men stay and make that great living and she's left out. Yeah, she has to go find yeah. a minimum wage job. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't, I mean, I didn't give you a heads up that I was going to talk about that today, but mm-hmm. how, do you remember that? Did it stand out for you? Or- it, I remember it. I, it, did it stand out? No. I just, I felt like with all of his arguments against ducks, I started to wonder if he actually really did enjoy the book because the first couple of days he professed how much he loved the book. It was a great book. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if he actually really liked it. And it almost seemed to me like his arguments against it were because he didn't like it. Like it's a book that he didn't want to win because he didn't like it. Yeah. Which is fair enough. But then that you're getting into the whole a book that you don't like personally versus a book that all Canada should read. Yeah. And I sort of felt like, again, nobody called him out and, and I'm, and I'm yeah. good with that. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm happy they didn't make an issue of it, but I'm really curious. I haven't had a chance to go back. I know it's been days later now and that, you know, nobody maybe really cares or whatever. I'll have to search a little bit, but I kind of want to see if there was talk about it online because Again, when he said it on Tuesday, I just took it as economic. Mm-hmm. And then today I thought, no, that's not economic. That's like saying to her, well, she, you know, she, uh, like he said, um, you know, why knowing what she knew, why did she go back? And that also, 
that the author, she said, he said, how does the author build sympathy? And I'm thinking like, oh, oh, hello. Probably for every woman who read the book, I'm pretty sure she could probably feel sympathetic or empathetic to, you know, Katie's situation. So Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Maybe by saying such a thing, he illustrated why this is the book that all of Canada should read. No, if you go back and no. listen to it, I think it's because he didn't understand. I mean, he seemed clear that yeah. he didn't understand why she did it. Yeah, I know. But maybe that's why other people should read it. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the, if, if, if a certain segment of the population can't understand why a woman still feels the need that she has to go back to or stay with a job where she's getting harassment, then yeah. maybe it is the time to read a book like this yeah. to see that perspective. And my thing is just because she has the right to be there. They don't have the yeah. right to do what they did to her, but she has damn well has the right to be there to earn earn her living. Yeah. And yeah, so that kind of anyway, so that kind of bugged me and and like I said, I'm probably forced us to spend more time on it than I should, but I just really wanted to say that. No, it's fair enough. And I mean, I'm I'm, I'm even thinking financially she's made the trip from Nova Scotia to Alberta. That Mm -hmm. in Canada is an expensive flight. (laughs) Yeah. So for just on a whim to leave a good job, even to have the money to go back home, if that's what she's going to do, she still needs to get that money to pay for the flight. Yeah. So it's also an economic reason, which is what it comes down to in the end anyways, as well. Right. So, yeah. So anyway, so that was kind of, that was kind of my take kind of on day four. I just thought, there were so many things that were just so beautiful about the discussion. Like I said, Michael's poetic words at the beginning and at the end. I thought Matea, like you said, pointing out those all, you know, making those points to each of the defenders. That was brilliant. Uh, now, what did you think about, did you have any feelings about the vote and how the vote went? Oh, yes. Well, it was nerve wracking yeah. for a, a, a few moments throughout the show before the vote. I almost thought Keegan had flipped and was going to, cause she seemed to there, I think, but I think it was the question that she answered uh, when she said that station 11 was a more layered book or read than ducks. And I was like, is she flipping? Like all of a sudden I wasn't sure about how the vote was going to go, but she mm-hmm. didn't flip. Um, yeah. What I loved about the vote was Tasneem having been put on that spot and unapologetically voting off station 11. Usually someone, when a defender is put in that position, they get all like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I love all the books. I really hate to do this, but someone has to go. I can't, you know, but she was just like, I vote off station 11. And I just really appreciate it that she just did her job. You're right. I hadn't yeah. thought about that, but she, cause I was sitting here going like, well, I didn't get to hear her. Like why yeah. she, she didn't say anything. The other two yeah. sort of said something. And then she just said, I vote off station 11. And I thought, yeah. well, I want to hear like, why, like what happened? Because I will tell you, I didn't think Keegan was going to flip, but I did think, I thought Tasneem was going, I actually thought she was going to vote off ducks okay. because I went back and listened you know, again to the show. And there were just some things that she said in the way she posed the, the comments that mm-hmm. I thought, and I, and okay, I'm going to be honest with you. So I was sitting at the end after she made some comment, I went, God damn it. I said, she's going to vote. 
I did. And I knew she was going to be the swing vote. So yeah. I was like, oh man, she is. And I shouldn't have said the GD word. Sorry about that. Anyway, she, I, I really thought she was going to vote it off. So I have to say when she said station 11 for a split second, I went, wait a minute, what? I didn't expect. <laughs> and I, and of course I'm in my room. I'm like clapping my hands. I was really loud. I was so excited. And I was really excited for Matea because yeah, they killed it. I mean, they, they yeah. just did a super, super, yeah. super job and they earned everything. <laughs> that they did on behalf of Kate Beaton. So I'm yep. just like so thrilled for Matea and Kate. That was just awesome. Yeah, it was a good moment. Can I go back uh, pre-vote? I'm going to ask you something now. So sure. in day three, Keegan brought up the sexual assault. I think it was in day three, wasn't it? Uh, when she mentioned the four black panels, but she shooted away. But she brought yeah. it up again on day yeah. four. Mm -hmm. But then she said that she knows that Matea doesn't want the sexual assault to be the focus. The main theme, she the said. The main I think. theme yeah. of ducks. Did I miss something? Like, I, I don't know. Did Matea explain that? Or I don't know if I missed something. Do you know what I'm trying to get at here? Yes, 100%. I know what you're saying. Because okay. even I, when she said that, because I, in all my notes, and you and I've talked about this before, I have said, I don't understand why the, the sexual assault and the harassment hasn't been a bigger theme. Because mm -hmm. that is actually one of the reasons why I picked Ducks when the shortlist came out. I don't know that has, has sexual assault or sexual harassment been a truth uh, has been in any of the books in Canada Reads. I didn't think so in the last so many years. I've just been, you know, playing along. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hey, it's time for that to come forward because of the whole Me Too movement and everything and and more women speaking out. So the fact that this whole competition sort of went along with just barely a nod to like, oh, sexual harassment, sexual assault, kind of said quickly and ignored. When mm -hmm. Keegan said that, and it was interesting because Matea's response was, you know, something like, well, it's not that it's not the main theme, but it is an important theme. But then I thought, well, if it's an important theme, why has it not really been acknowledged? Because mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you, I would have loved to hear what the men had to say about that aspect of the book. And we didn't yeah. hear that. Yeah. We heard it, you know, Keegan, emotional about talking about it. I think that Matea did a brilliant job of just, you know, addressing that when it, when it came up, but I would have loved to have hear, heard what the, the two men had to say about it. Yeah. Because and we missed out on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have been a, an interesting uh, conversation yeah. between them. And let me ask you, yeah. so yeah. is that something, I, I mean, I know, is that something that comes up on Canadian radio? I know it has to, right? You have, yeah, I'll talk yeah. about all the subjects, right? Yeah. So yeah. What, do you think there was like a thing that they weren't really supposed to talk about it or something? I have no idea. Yeah. It, it just, it struck me as really odd because on day three, when Keegan brought it up, it seemed that she brought it up, but almost regretted bringing it up herself. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. She brought it up and then she changed her mind that she didn't want to talk about a personal experience because that seemed to be where it was going. Mm-hmm. But today she brought it up again and seemed to want to talk about it, like address it. But yeah. 
it was not to be. It was just odd. No, I agree. I thought it was odd too. And here's the thing. There was just as much about the sexual harassment and assault as there was about the environmental degradation, yeah. the impact on indigenous lands, uh, the the depression of the people that moving, having to economically move and, and make a living. So why did it get short shrift? Like, yes. I don't get that at all. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up yeah. because I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I even feel like that there was um, at some point in the book conversation between Katie and maybe her sister or one of her friends who confided in her that it had happened to her during university, like in first yeah. or second year. And mm -hmm. so there was this realization, like they kept it to themselves, but when they finally shared it, they they seemed to realize it was a much more common occurrence among women, right? And yeah. so I just, yeah, it's odd. It's kind of weird because I feel like on some level it's it's in the news. We talk, you know, we hear women talking about it a lot, et cetera. And I think on the other hand, then we have a situation like this, a national forum in Canada, where that is part of the story of that memoir. And yet it really gets no, yes, you're right. Keegan brought it up twice and Matea responded to it, but pretty much that wasn't discussed by anybody else really. Now I do remember Tasneem one time did say something about the black panels and how you know impactful yes. that was. Yeah. I do remember that. But again, no one's sort of saying like, this is a theme that is valid and important to women in Canada. And, you know, so mm -hmm. I don't know. It was weird to me. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I don't understand that. Don't so, well, let me ask you overall, how do you feel then that this year's competition ranked? How do you feel now that it's over and we have to wait a year I know. <laughs> for it to come back? <laughs> I know. I feel like it was kind of a slow burn of a week. Yeah. But in the end, it ended so well. Like the day, day four was a great day. Like the defenders really shined. Yeah. So is it one of my favorites? No, I can think of other years I think that were, but you know what? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I like that you said it was a slow burn because I think it was for me as well, because at first I was kind of like, oh, this feels a little like, I don't know that this is going to be so wonderful. But again, there were so many aspects to look back and just absolutely love and appreciate what they did. And yeah. I just want to say as an American, Oh, I hate using that word. As a person, I don't like the word American, <laughs> to be honest with you. So as a person who lives in the United States, yep. I would like to say congratulations, Canada, again, for kicking ass when it comes to this book debate. I love it. I think yep. you all are so amazing to have created it and the discussions that go on around the world. Well, not the world, maybe just North America. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, that go around North America and talking about books, loving books, debating it, arguing about it, finding all the good things and the bad things we can say about a book or an author or a defender. It's just such an amazing time. And I am so thankful that I moved back to Michigan from California and discovered it and yeah. get to talk to my wonderful Canadian friends about books, especially Tara, of course. And so, yeah, I just think it was a a, a great year overall. I'm happy that it turned out as well as it did. Yep. Yep. It was good. Considering the the caliber of all five books, 
Yeah. It was good. All right. Congratulations, uh, Canada Reads. You did a super job. CBC Books and Canada Reads, I should say. And we will see you all again next year for Canada Reads. However, we will see you a lot in between as we have all kinds of interesting things coming, we hope, and some wonderful interviews lined up. And we do want to just give a shout out to our two new friends from uh, the bookkeeper in Sarnia, Ontario, an independent, a fabulous independent bookstore. We're going to have a couple of them uh, as guests soon, and we are looking forward to that. Yeah. And. Yeah, big, big. I should give a huge plug. Yes. We will have Ali Hassan on soon, and we will be able to ask him all those questions that we might have about Canada Reads. And I'm not sure if he can answer them all, if it's secretive, you know. We can ask them. Absolutely. So We can ask them. The worst that he can say is just, I can't tell you. That's fine. He'll say no comment. comment. (laughs) It'll be like, uh, no comment, Senator. I have no comment, Senator. I was going to say, that'll be the first time that will have ever been said to me. No comment. Yes, it would. Because why would it? Why? Where would there be any other circumstance where someone would say that to me? Can you pass me a spoon? No comment. So oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you, even though we had a little glitch, we hope that you enjoyed this kind of combo day three, day four discussion. And next year we'll get our act together and, and we'll have four separate ones, right? <laughs> Yes, exactly. I cannot, now I'm like really anxious. I cannot wait to find out for the long list for uh, next year. Yeah. So exciting. Okay. Keep on reading. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading.